gentlemen, you're live from Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet, on Happy Rusev Day all and Yay. welcome to this, our latest edition of Eat, Sleep, Suplex Retweet, live from the towers of Glasgow. You love us and you don't hate us because we're, we're great, you know. <laughs> I am your host this week, Stephen Wilson, and joining me, we have an elite panel of wannabes, lovers and experts. You can guess, you can guess who's who. First, to my left, we have got... The analyst, the modern day Maharaja, David Hockney's here. I was hoping you'd say that, use that again. Happy Rusev Day. Indeed, indeed. How's it going, David? Yeah, good. Doing good, thanks. Doing good. Excellent. And to David's left, we have got the true total diva. It's Stacey Smith. Hi, Stephen. How's it going? Yeah, not bad. How about you? Yeah, good, thanks. Very good. Awesome. Good. And to Stacey's left. Some say he once took down Braun Strowman with his 2K curator character. It's Josh Hong. <laughs> I was going to say who said that, but he <laughs> clarified at the end. Hello. How's it going, mate? And to his left, it's the King of Tuck. It's Stephen Louch. Welcome, welcome, welcome. How's it going? Oh, we're all good. Good, good, guys. It's it's Rusev Day. As yeah. every day is Rusev Day. Every day is Rusev Day. Rusev, Rusev Day. Who's gonna sing it? Rusev. Save Ruru. Who's gonna sing it? Uh, who's gonna sing it? I ain't singing. Uh, and also to my right, he is the king of the mixer, the one, the only P Kwaku Aji with a, with no mic. Mixer as a mixing cocktails. I'll take that. <laughs> anyway, this is Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. If you are listening live. Message us, we are on all social media accounts at Suplex Retweet. Much easier than the old one, I would have to say. Yeah, <laughs> fix that blasted Twitter handle that you couldn't even say right in the first go. <laughs> Absolutely. We <laughs> We are part of the Fusion Takeover brand of Strathclyde Fusion. That is at Fusion underscore Takeover. Right, guys, let's go on to the reason that we're all here and on, on live it is we're talking we've been on air for 10 weeks around about 10 weeks now and to many people we're just a bunch of guys talking about wrestling and women and women and, sorry and a woman yeah. thank you <laughs> bunch of people so the, the big thing for people that people may want to know is why are we doing a wrestling podcast and not doing something on cricket or powerpoint presentations David <laughs> <laughs> don't get me started on powerpoints okay so yeah, that is the subject of today's show. We're going to talk about why we love wrestling, what got us into wrestling, and why we still love it today. Because, to many, it is the purest form of entertainment. Am I wrong? Am I, or am I just celebrating a lot of drivage? Well, it's the purest form of sports entertainment, I'd say, but I think, yeah, I see, see where you're coming from. Excellent. So, we'll be talking about that up until, if you're live, until 7pm. So, yeah, if you're, mes- if you're listening... And you want to tell us why you love wrestling? We are at e- hashtag ESSR Love Wrestling on Twitter. Right, guys, let's start the debate. 
why we love wrestling. I'm going to put it out to pretty much everybody. The main reason it came, it came to me is around about two years ago, uh, I did an article online pretty much saying why I loved wrestling. So I'm quite curious why the panel loved wrestling in its purest form. We're going to start obviously with why we got into actual wrestling. So who from the panel wants to kick off the discussion on this one? Uh, hands up so nobody interrupts. Anybody else but Dave? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're just cruising for a bruising right here from the modern day Maharaja. Ah, uh, jeez. Alright, Dave. Okay. S- start off the discussion. Right. What got you into wrestling? Well, my fondest memory is I was uh, probably about 9, 10 years old and my cousin had the um, action figures of WCW. You know, he had the sort of. Um, not the soccer bottoms, but like the the old SmackDown stage, the the ring, and a couple of the old WCW icons like Sting, uh, Hollywood Hogan, and Goldberg. And we always that's kind of how I got into it. You know, he always says, "Oh, you want to have a go at this?" You know, as you do with uh, kids and wrestling toys and stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, and that's kind of when my interest first peaked because he said he was watching on the my cousin was used to watch it on the telly a lot and. Yeah, and that's kind of sort of what piqued my interest at first because I've got these very iconic characters. You know, you had Sting with the white face painted, Hollywood Hogan with his big tash and the glasses and the bandana, and of course Goldberg just for his sheer size and power. Uh, But then a sort of interest sort of dipped a bit, and I saw sort of clips here and there of WCW and sort of the start of the Ruthless Aggression era. But the first match I actually saw on TV was like in full was uh, JBL versus Eddie Guerrero in the steel cage match for the championship. And when Eddie did that frog splash spot off the top of the cage, that's when I thought, right, I need to watch more of this because this is just uh, incredible, the kind of stuff these guys actually go through just for the sake of entertainment. So if I'm right, you say that you're kind of looking maybe about a five or six year gap between that original point. Yeah, Uh, pretty much, yeah. I mean, you talked about WCW there. I mean, obviously, WWE is the main thing. WCW was a thing, by the way, for people who don't know about (laughs) (laughs) No, it was just like little snippets and stuff. I didn't watch like full episodes of WCW. I mean, I watched maybe one match that involved Sting, but I can't really recall what, which match it was. I imagine it was like a a title match because it was uh, played quite a lot, like in clip format back in the day. And maybe during the days of, you know, you know, if you're like watching sports channels, or sometimes they feature the WWF superstars on SMTV Live a few times. Again. Oh, that reminds me. Did they, has anybody ever seen the clip of, of Undertaker with uh, Ant and Dec? No. No. <laughs> seen the clip? Some of us are old enough to have watched that live. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't remember that. I do remember them. Uh, was that on SMTV Live? Was that pre SMTV Live? Is it not live and kicking? I think it was live and kick. It was live and yeah, kick. I don't remember it being on SMTV. I do remember Kurt Angle was posing as a bouncer uh, when they did that Chums segment on SMTV Live. Used to love Chums. <sighs> chums. <laughs> but yeah, no, I didn't start officially watching it until like on a regular basis until about sort of mid-2004 when I was on holiday in Portugal. See, that's interesting because for a lot of people, myself included, a lot of the guys here, uh, your int- our int- interest in wrestling probably peaked, uh, safe to say, in the 90s. So, late 90s, yeah. So the late 90s, mid 90s, obviously, run back actually there at time. So it's interesting that you're kind of a ruthless aggre- aggression yeah, marquee I mean, here, David. Again, I saw sort of clips of ruthless aggression and maybe sort of WCW's heyday and stuff. Uh, but yeah, no, my interest really peaked around sort of ruthless aggression era time. Interesting. Right after the SmackDown 6, I'd say. 
Interesting. Does I mean you talked in about the icon at, at Sting, mm-hmm. Hulk Hogan. Does anybody remember quite fondly to that point in WCW? Guys, open it up quite quick, quickly around the panel. Stacey's shaking her head, thinking polos, polos, polos. <laughs> <laughs> WCW was always a hard one because um, it, it depended on what type of Sky that you had. If you could watch it or not. If you had old school Sky, you could watch it in TNT. But if you had Sky Digital, you had no access to it until the crash bang wallop days of when it was in channel 5 which when it was kind of the post russo era where everything just went to pot and it was all over the place so it was one of those that you seen all these guys on the other channel and you knew they were doing things but it was quite difficult to watch and get a hold of because um, you never got a lot of videos that came out in the UK until probably long after it closed off we started to get some greatest hits came through mm. there wasn't that access that it, WWE was everywhere because WWE was the one you really had to really try or know somebody who could get you a tape from somewhere. Yeah, totally. And, you know, WWF and WWE in particular were, uh, well, the same company, but they, did, they had a lot of marketing back then. You know, they were selling merchandise, they were selling toys, they were selling magazines. You know, they had um, columns in kids' magazines. That's kind of how they peaked See, to the younger audience. It's quite interesting that you talk about toys in the week where we're getting a, bra- a whole bunch of Toys R Us uh, closures. Uh, I remember fondly quite going to Toys R Us and getting a lot of the rings and the figures. That was... Cr- Around about Christmas time, that was always a bit of a tradition, you know. You would uh, go and you would get that whole big batch, you know. Mm. On the, some of the rings that you had back then, the ones that you hit the was it the ones that hit the mat and talked? Yeah, it was like the the you sort of set up a ring or set up a table, and it had like um, set up cracks in the middle, so if you slammed the guy through it, they would just break in two pretty easily. So you could do your own table spots. Did you jump through the table yourself, Dave? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd break the legs as well. You break that, yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Right, so a ruthless aggression marquee there from David. That's uh, an, an interesting, unexpected start to the story, to the, to the story, to the show. Uh, I'm going to go over to the other, the other end of the panel and let's talk to Mr. Louch. Stephen, I'm a relief. You probably have a bit of a different uh, starting. You've promised us tears, it, Stephen. Prob- well, that, you have that, promised us tears. In the second half, there probably be tears. Um, <laughs> oh, no. My first ever memory of wrestling was seeing a tag team match on the TV and asking my grandmother, did they have a bigger ring because they had four guys? <laughs> so that tells you probably the age I was at the time when I first seen wrestling on a TV. The first show I remember properly watching was I stayed up to watch WrestleMania 8 and I, was, I would have been 9 or 10 at the time and staying up till 3, 4 in the morning was a big deal and I managed to stay awake until the start of the Hulk Hogan Justice match and then was woke up by the sound of the Ultimate Warrior's music thinking I was in a dream and then when he came out thinking that's not the Ultimate Warrior because he was probably about £50 lighter than when we last seen him when he was off his special enhancements Ooh. Um, but for us we were, weren't the richest of the family so we didn't have Sky so I was quite reliant on seeing what other people could give me or borrowing tapes or being round to watch Yeah. so I remember watching I tell a story before the show started but went up to watch Royal Rumble 93 when Giant Gonzalez turned up yeah, and watched it with my mate at the time, so I would have been about 10, so my mate was about 10, 11, and he's older brother, so maybe 19, 20, and I remember smelling quite a funny smell that I didn't recognise, and then having some very strange dreams that night, so <laughs> including Giant Gonzalez looking in my bedroom window, and so... I love how the Gonzalez is the fear, not the Undertaker back then. Yeah. The, the mortician character, as we talked about last week. You well, know, so you get this giant this eight foot foot eight man or something. Yeah, um, and this big furry suit coming in and laying on destruction and just because at that point nobody had seen Undertaker be destroyed by anybody so that was one of those that although we look back at the god who the hell was this and probably one of the worst matches in the streak 
at that time it was like this guy's a threat and you didn't think about it too much so that's what wrestling was for me when I was growing up it was that larger in life area it, it was the macho man in the colours it was Hulk Hogan it was the warrior the bulldog Panini sticker albums where it was that kind of first boom when uh-huh. you had all the Hasbro figures that and then things died away there was that period probably 94 to 96 where nobody watched or admitted to watching and then things peaked back up again in the Ashford area so it will be something I'll say is that when it comes to wrestling all, all the promoters talk about it being in cycles and I think as a fan I've really seen that and now 20, no I've got to age myself there, yeah pr- well, not quite 20 years of watching but maybe 16, 17 years of being a fan of seeing things peak and drop and then coming back around and that's when the Attitude Era came around and then that's when things picked up and then we went to the Ruthless Aggression Era where you came became a fan and mm-hmm. a lot of people dropped away again and then now it's I see it as people my age, I'm 34, people say oh I know who things are because they're up with their kids early on a Saturday morning and they see like hour long shows but it doesn't feel like it's at a peak at the moment um, mm. it feels like it's coming back around they're starting to change things and do things differently but I'm seeing a different peak which is what we'll talk about later on around yeah. what the um, what I see as the positives at the moment um, mm. but there has been some things that really take you back to being a fan again so like the CM Punk's the, the summer of punk when he came in um, the, the Yes movement yeah. just some rare matches and things that you see that pull you back in and, mm-hmm. and get you there but I don't think there's ever any moment where wrestling's as pure and as real as when you're a kid because to me and I, something I see quite often is that wrestling is for kids we're all just still clinging on with our fingers <laughs> being fans when it's, it's we're beyond that bit but we do still cling on we have that and we're now at an age now where we can enjoy it and we can spend a bit more money to enjoy our wrestling and do things that we wanted to do as kids that we maybe never got the opportunities to so it's always good to look at it in that way of it, it is really kids entertainment but there's still things that we can find and enjoy but it's not always going to be targeted to us you just have to find the things that you like it's, it's interesting when you talked about obviously your early ones with the ultimate warrior yeah uh, it's uh, when I remember speaking to Mark Dallas in March time, he referenced that with both himself and Renfrew were big massive fans of the Warrior back in the day. Yeah. And that moment where he came out to save Papa Shango was something that you actually referenced in Drew Galloway's return back at the first Shug's house party. Yeah. So it's, that it's t- almost like a listen to your interview that you looked up this week, Stephen. Now available on iTunes, Cask box and various other podcasting notes. <laughs> Subscribe now. <laughs> but no, it's, it's, as you say, it's that kind of back in the that, that kind of colourful characters was what drew in a lot of people around about, obviously, in the in the late 20s, 30s. Yeah, obviously. It's, it's the larger in lifeness of wrestling, I think, because to, to me, everyone, when you're small, you wanted to be a superhero. You wanted to be that bigger guy. You've seen these guys and they just looked so much bigger in person and bulker. And that's what everybody wants to be as a kid. But then when it went to the next era where it was like Bret Hart came in and Sean etc, it was good to see that underdog. Oh, yeah. That was something I always really enjoyed about a Bret Hart match was he didn't always win with a sharpshooter, he would maybe win with a roll up or a monkey roll or catch someone out and it was always that... Monkey if, roll? Monkey, monkey oh, flip. Right. No, what's the one we call where you sit on your shoulders and you fuck? Victory roll. Victory roll, that's yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking, what, what moves the monkey roll? Aye, I'm, just, I'm sure someone will debut that move at some point, <laughs> the way wrestling's moving. But that was someone just being different of, well, if you can't be the biggest guy in the fight, then you can be that bit of clever and smart and you always had that excitement of you didn't know when a Bret Hart match was going to finish because it's so many different ways of finishing it. So you might be sitting waiting on a sharpshooter. Like these days, we know if you don't get an attitude adjustment, 
the match hasn't really finished yet mm. or if you don't get the spear of Superman punch the match has still got something to go but a Bret Hart match you could easily just inside cradle somebody and there there you go and, oh that's yeah. over and done with so you had to pay attention because you never knew when something was going to move on one of the good examples of that was one of the matches many classes the best of all time uh, between Bret Hart and the British Bulldog which ended with the attempted sunset flip SummerSlam 92 yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, Bulldog obviously going on to his shoulders and getting the victory uh, an immense popular moment uh, obviously from a British perspective yeah, that, was in, the one in, that was the one in Wembley wasn't it that yeah. was yeah 1992 great, great moment he, that one even as an opponent for him uh, Owen done something very similar uh, well Brett went to go for that same move and uh, Owen reversed it at Wrestlemania 10 yeah. um, mm. Bam Bam Bigelow King of the Ring there was something similar as well I think there was a match with Diesel where he won the belt back at Survivor Series where he'd done something similar um, I think he played possum and it caught him in a small package and it was just that variety of oh you need to pay attention and oh, look, look that little guy can win the fight it doesn't have to be these big superheroes we've seen before you could still take down a monster oh yeah absolutely but some brilliant times back then obviously in the early 90s pretty much before as wrestling was maybe weaning a bit but obviously it had a great fanfare for a lot of people so that's two different ends of the spectrum wonder how the rest of our panel will think of this let's move on to the Braun Strowman Conqueror <laughs> <laughs> Which I've completely made up, by the way. Just in case people think Josh is an ultimate duck Just UK in case fan. Braun Strowman is in the studio and then I'm on the way home and I get mugged or something. He's not finished with you! <laughs> I've got kids. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where, in case my girlfriend's listening, I don't have kids. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, where's Quacko with the, his, his thing in you indoor horde, whatever you call it? That's, that was Different show, David. Different, Different show. show. Only for the late night Mondays, chat Mondays at 10pm. Late night chat show, you can listen to the indoor Endo horde, Mondays 10pm. Josh, what's your, how did you get into wrestling? Let's let, chip into the debate here. So we'll skim over the sad bit. I lost a parent at quite a young age, and a few months later, wrestling was kind of one of the things that really lit me up straight after something that finally engrossed me in life again, something that really excited me. Um, my very first memory of wrestling is actually a little bit later than you might expect, because you all know I'm a massive fan of 90s wrestling. Mm -hmm. But um, I was on a holiday in Southeast Asia, and uh, my uncle was taking me down this market, uh, letting me pick out uh, DVDs in a shop that probably won't be there anymore for legal reasons. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, yeah, like the uh, distributor here was Silver Vision, and like over there it was like some guy in like a random shack, <laughs> Steve Private Limited or something like that. Um, and uh, it was King of the Ring 2001. That was the first show I ever saw. Uh, so I bought it because all my friends at school were talking about wrestling and I didn't have cable or anything like that. My first memory of actual wrestling was like one of my friends came up to me in school and put me in the Crippler Crossface and I was like, mate, what are you doing? And he was like, oh, it's the Crippler Crossface. And I was like, oh, absolutely. No, I was furious. So, <laughs> so, so um, yeah, King of the Ring 2001, uh, I think it was Kurt Angle wrestled three matches that night. And I think it was know, 2000 they wrestled the three matches. No, uh, no, it was 2001. My mistake, sorry. Yeah, he, was, had, yes. he had the King of the Rings. 2001. Yeah, yeah, he was the he was the runner up um, of King of the Rings. Sorry, boys. Yes, my, so my mistake. He had the semi final, um, which I 
think might have been versus it was versus Christian, I think. Yeah. And then um, he had the final versus Edge, uh, in which he lost because Shane McMahon interfered. And then he had a street fight with Shane McMahon later that night, which is probably one of the most hardcore matches of all time. It's a, it's a very it's underrated it's match mm-hmm. in the whole history of wrestling. If anyone has the WWE Network and has not seen Shane McMahon versus Kurt Angle 2001, watch it. You will see why it is my favourite um, match of that year. One of my favourite matches of all time. Um, I think it comes with added respect when you know that they didn't that they used the wrong windows. Yeah. So when you see if you do if you not watch that or if you have seen it and don't know, they use they were meant to go through gimmicked glass windows, but the windows were put in the wrong way round with a protective sheet on the wrong side. It's brutal. So Absolutely brutal. You see a lot of a man being dropped in his head and then eventually mm. being hurled with brute force through a window that shouldn't break in that direction. Yeah, it was um, a very violent match, uh, even when it wasn't supposed to be at some times. Um, so after that, I did not have cable TV, so uh, for me, getting a uh, hold of wrestling was quite difficult. So I used to have to buy things out of car boot sales, um, and I you know, would regularly go down to the local charity shop with a few quid from my dad, and I would buy lots of old VHSs. Um, I remember Royal Rumble 1994 being one of my favourites. Um, so yeah, I very quickly managed to acquire um, a library of um, you know back content. Um, I used to also trade VHSs with friends who would tape it for me. I would ask my friends to tape it for me at school. I'd give them VHS cassettes. Um, like David, I remember playing with toys. So I had a ring and uh, a backstage set <laughs> where we had... So again, the toys were from the charity shop as well. So there was a lot of stars that I didn't actually know. So we used to have classics like uh, Animal, Road Warrior Animal versus Mike Awesome. Uh, and the best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be. Uh, Bret Hart versus uh, the best wrestler of all time, Maven. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, at school, I remember uh, I would, if it was any arts class, I would make new toys for my wrestlers to hurt each other with. So that was fantastic. <laughs> Fun fact: uh, as I was growing up, I grew up with a broken bed because uh, there was the mattress, then there was the plank oh. of there was the plank of wood underneath. Uh, because uh, I choke slammed my brother through a bed. He was a willing participant, but he broke the bed. Uh, it was, it was, it was, it was like similar to mankind going through the hell in a cell in 1998. It was carnage. So that plank of wood has been propping the bed up for about a very, very, very long time. Wait, I you still, still have, you still, have, I still that have that same bed. Yeah, I've like, I've upgraded to a PS4, but I've not upgraded to a real bed. <laughs> Priorities. Yeah. But um, don't, if anybody's listening, don't, how many of yeah, and if you've just joined us especially, don't you? I was going to say don't, try, I was going to say don't try this out, I was going to say don't sit there and not think, of, not um, say, and don't think to yourself, I've never done a move to a sibling yeah. or a relative on a bed before, or a trampoline as well. That's yeah, if one. you don't have a younger sibling to choke slam, you know, you probably have parents or something like that. Um, I, I, I want, I want to... <laughs> I'll ask the panel a quick question. So I used to play every video game. That was another way for me to find out about what wrestlers were relevant. Um, one wrestler in my SmackDown, just bring it for PlayStation 2, 2001, had every title in the game. Uh, it was my favourite at the time. Can anyone guess which wrestler that was? Everyone gets one guess. The Rock. Nope. D'Lo Brown. Nope. Stone Cold. Nope. Oh, no. Keep guessing. Jeff Jarrett. Nope, he wasn't even in the game. Oh, right. uh, nope, nope, it was uh, actually Crash Holly. Oh, 
So <laughs> Crash Holly and his hardcore title defences really captivated me as a kid and I made sure he had every title and just bring it because I thought he deserved it. Uh, lastly, I would just say the angle that really hooked me on wrestling was Survivor Series um, 2001. So, um, the invasion angle. Yep. Uh, at the time, when you're still a child and you're watching wrestling, you kind of don't really understand the full backstage side of it. And all I knew was that WCW were competing with WWE, with ECW as well, um, to see which brand would continue as the only wrestling major wrestling promotion in America. And I just started getting into WWF, which is what it's called at the time. Uh, so I was really disappointed that maybe my new favourite hobby that kind of, you know, it rejected some excitement into my life was maybe about to go down the drain in a few weeks time totally was worried especially when I think it was Kurt Angle and Stone Cold both defected to WCW well yeah, Kurt Angle was a double agent kind of he sort of was a spy spoiler uh, typical t- <laughs> typical Kurt Angle I haven't watched yeah. that yet so, um, yep yeah, if anyone's not watched it sorry, yet no, sorry, sorry. <laughs> uh, and uh, of course everyone knows WWF did win that in the end and I was happy because spoiler <laughs> well, damn it! Yeah, yeah, that's my story. I mean, that's it's, it's interesting, da- David. You obviously did, you did you did the dream match show a few weeks ago. You never mentioned Animal versus Mike Awesome <laughs> <laughs> or Maven versus Bret Hart. I mean, look look at what we could have had with them. I uh, know, me. I think Maven was uh, definitely very underused. Had a ton of potential. I mean, what did he not win tough enough as well? He won tough enough, and, and he eliminated w- the Undertaker from the Royal Rumble one year. He did indeed, yes. But um, he regretted it. There's, there's, prob- there's probably an episode of like Heat or Velocity somewhere that's got Road Warrior Animal when he came back versus Mike Awesome. Somebody's <laughs> got to be able to find that somewhere. Well, somebody's going to have to dig through the archives and find it because I probably won't find it. You are the analyst. This is your job. Yeah, I do stats. I don't watch videos. <laughs> Not a video statistician. No, uh, I'm number stats. But uh, with Josh's point, uh, obviously, choke slamming his brother through a, a bed. I mean, we've all had siblings. I mean, I'm. One of the had bastards. <laughs> <laughs> We've all had sub- uh, wrestling with siblings. I mean, I, as an only child, I had to do it with my cousins, and that was one of my fond memories. I mentioned when I did the article was that both my cousins would take great joy in choke slamming me onto couches. <laughs> couches. <laughs> Anywhere there was a couch, I would get choke slammed. <laughs> but that was obviously one of my things. It was that kind of I get into wrestling because my, my, fam- my cousins get into it. As an only child, I didn't. We didn't have any brothers or sisters. I had two male cousins at that point in time I now have a younger cousin but he's not into wrestling so I'm not going to talk about him mm. <laughs> but I'm talking about <laughs> talking about my two older cousins who were big into wrestling and got me into wrestling and I thought it was a good way to connect with my family and that's the type of thing that wrestling did obviously hooked me on that type of point I mean I was hooked when I uh, first saw first heard the broken glass I think it's fair to say Stone Cold Steve Austin not Shane McMahon Kurt Angle not that broken glass no, <laughs> no the, the true broken glass of Stone Cold uh, listen to the pops that man got it was just like how can this man that hates his boss be loved so much and I was mm. hooked you know but that was a good that was brilliant I loved I loved Austin are there any Austin fans in the panel oh, oh yeah yeah and, hell yeah is the answer hell oh yeah. hell yeah yes. I used to I used to do the, <laughs> I used to do the beer thing but with cans of coke I was that hardcore <laughs> I think everybody did that <laughs> or at least with a uh, couple of bottles of water I mean that's what I did it with <laughs> Stone Cold love drinking water you all know him for that yeah. we love Gulak <laughs> don't call me Gulak okay? I'm going to go with the bloody Maha Rage mode in a second but yeah we've had a that, this has been full opinions so far from people who were into wrestling when WWE and WCW they type of things 
Let's go on to a member of the panel who didn't get into wrestling through traditional WWE. Let's go to Stacey. <laughs> Stacey, you've been quiet for once. <laughs> <laughs> I know it doesn't happen very often, so... Um, well, the reason... Well, the way that I got into wrestling is actually because of Josh. Because um, a so few years ago, it was like 2013, I think it was, um, Josh had an extra ticket or someone dropped out of going to an ICW show and he was just like, oh, I think you'll really enjoy enjoy it. Like, you'd really like it. And I was like, mm, I'm not sure. But the way I kind of thought was like, oh, he was going to go by himself, so I wouldn't make him go by himself, so I'll go. Pity, Josh. Pity. Just yeah. <laughs> pity him. And then when we got there and I saw that our friend Chris was there, I was just like, what? What? But, um, mm-hmm. but I was just being at that show. It's one of the... Mary Hill shows. Ah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was just watching. I was like, "What is going on here? <laughs> like, see, what is going on?" I was like, "Why is there a man wearing fishnets up there?" Kind of thing. But um, but just through all the matches and all that, I just I, Josh was like to me at the end, like, "Oh, what did you think of that?" And I went, "I loved it. I loved it." And was Mark Coffee on the card? <laughs> <laughs> were uh, polo promotions <laughs> on the cut? Polo promotions weren't a thing then. Oh, were they not? No, oh, not. See, Stop trying to be knowledgeable about independent see, wrestling, David. See, on that note, Mark Coffey was on the card. It, the very first match was Mikey Whiplash versus Mark Coffey. And I remember thinking, well, hopefully this show will be really good, otherwise Stacey will make fun of me for the rest of time. And it was a great show, but unfortunately in the very first match, the ring ropes of uh, Mark Coffey and Mikey Whiplash broke midway through. So I remember thinking, I don't know whether that was like the best first match Stacey could have saw. <laughs> Well, uh, we, we all know what our opinion is now on Mr. Coffee these days, so <laughs> can't, she, can't, she must have been into it. <laughs> it was just a great show all together. Um, bit flustered. <laughs> but it was a great show, and yeah, and then I kept going to watch it, and then, um, and then Total Divas started on E! Network, so I started watching that. That clinched the deal. Yeah, and then... Um, and then I was in the middle of writing my dissertation in uni and everyone was going over to David's hu- David's house to watch WrestleMania, uh, to watch yeah. WrestleMania. And I'd never watched WWE before. Um, and the first WWE show that I saw was the WrestleMania when The Undertaker lost the streak. Oh, so, what a way to be yeah. thrown into it. I remember the atmosphere that night. <laughs> you know, that. See when you that's new count height, you could basically hear a pin drop around the world. It was death. Yeah, it was. But me and James Ferns <laughs> were just sitting there, just like, what? He lost a match. So what? <laughs> oh, I mean, clearly that, you had no idea of the magnitude of how big that loss no, was. Well, no. that was that's interesting. Go to the point that Stephen made with his meaning. Uh, he wrestling is targeted at kids, and obviously we get into it as kids. So that moment for people who got into wrestling in the heartbreak. 90s was pretty heartbreak. much the most heartbreaking moment you'll ever see on a live television broadcast. Well, there's many things in the world that could, well, could I, silence I the could world at once, others, but, but not Stacey. <laughs> I can think What's of a couple other <laughs> You can think of a couple others. What's, yeah. What have you got? Well, the streak is obviously number one. Right. Number two is uh, Jinder Mahal winning the WWE Championship. <laughs> 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 I 
single. <laughs> no, he's got a point. That was a great moment. David's right. That was one of the best moments. I don't think he's talking the best moments. I think he's talking about heartbreaking. I completely agree with David. That was oh, fantastic. When he lost it to that <laughs> poor little indie guy, AJ Styles, who, who's he to beat Jinder Mahal? I know. That big strong man. How do you defeat him? He's like tiny compared to that massive muscle guy. If you want to hear David's full thoughts on Jinder Mahal, go into <laughs> iTunes and listen to the evolution of Free MB show. <laughs> oh yeah, going for like what five ten minutes at least. Oh, it was great. Me and Quack were here. Brilliant, <laughs> absolutely brilliant. But yeah, I mean, I, I mean, you, I that was a great show to first get you into WWE. You know, seeing that there was Brian winning the WWE title. Oh, yeah. Yeah. that was a good moment. So many things happened on that show. It's Probably up there as one of the best WrestleManias, but obviously you're still you're still into wrestling, Stacey. So it's always a hooked you. Yeah, yeah. More so, ICW. Um, try and watch WWE as much as I can, but we don't have the sports channels anymore, so I can't really watch that. Yeah. Now. You still watch Total Divas? Yes, or e. Yeah. Still, we still have E Network. Aye. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot. Yeah, I forgot that was on E. Right. Yeah. The, the new series is actually really good. The new series is really good. David, as the analyst, you're proving yourself very unanalytical today. <laughs> well, I'm just saying I don't watch Total Divas, so I mean that's... You're uh, the eye, but I'm not... I'm you not, are I'm both not missing out. So, Stacey, as most of the panel don't watch Total Divas, could you quickly sell it to us and say why we should watch it then? In, a, in 30 seconds, go for it. Um, it's real good. It says about their life. And it's just really good. Is John Cena really the terrible boyfriend that he gets made out to be on it? Uh, he was. Would you take? Well, your he, wa- he wasn't that bad. Would you take your shoes off to live in his house? If you saw the house, yes. <laughs> My goodness, had like a waterfall inside of it, and everything was amazing. But yours doesn't. Is that I thought that came as standard, is <laughs> If that's all it takes. <laughs> yeah, I think one in three was. It's really good there. So, um, yeah. So you not watched it? Feel free. So yeah, that's that's what the panel. That's how the panel got into wrestling. Obviously, each sleep suplex retweet is not just a, a six-person panel. We have other contributors, and they have also chipped in with their opinion. Chipped in, chipped in, chipped in, chipped in. Thank have you. you shared oh, yours, Steve? Sorry, Stephen. Have you shared yours? Uh, briefly, yeah, pretty much with the family type thing. Yeah. Right, when I get Stone Cold was the main reason for me. Stone Cold, shattered glass. Um, can I just add something? You know, you're saying about the, the family element of your cousins and things like that. There's just yeah. one other small memory I have, and it was my neighbours across the road. Uh, their kids eventually grew up and left, and so they came over and said to my dad, "Oh, would your kids like bunk beds?" And I remember my brother, his <laughs> his thought was like, "Oh yeah, bunk beds," but like my brain was like, "Oh yeah, ladder match." <laughs> <laughs> yes, and we did. <laughs> You did it. You did do it. Well, he didn't know he was in a ladder match, but you know, he found out midway through the ladder match. Was there a briefcase in the top bunk somewhere? There was a lamp. Oh, right. <laughs> I don't think the money in the bank was a thing at that point, David. Okay, we'll just say a title right, just, then. Just ha- hang your belt around the uh, light, and then make a dive for it. So, <laughs> so anyway, so we did it. <laughs> so anyway, let's let's hear what some of our other contributors to Eat Sleep Super Picture Tweet have said. The first one is Jay Gallagher. Uh, he said he got into wrestling from his grand. She took him to some World of Sport events and he met all the wrestlers, Big Daddy and all that. So someone related to his grand was a wrestler as well, so he's been hooked ever since. Uh, during the show there as well, uh, Kwaku has sent me in a, a message from, uh, was it Razia, is that right, Kwaku? Mm-hmm. Razia, who's a listener of Eat Sleep Suplex We Tweet and the president of the University of Leicester Wrestling Society. Uh, he said, I was forced into watching wrestling as I have four older brothers. 
and they watched it before I was even born. So essentially, I you no different. I still watch it though because the performance, has, this is probably why I still watch it, so I'll come back to that a bit later on before I go in. We also have a recording response from one of our contributors, Nathan Fisher. Uh, I'm going to quickly get that up just now before this. Yep. Here was what Nathan had to say. That's what she said. <laughs> like my interest in wrestling began initially through my cousins who watched, who watched it quite a lot back in the day. I remember I must have been, I go, yeah, it was, was playing for at the time and they were watching Superstars and there was a, a promo between for the sorry, Shawn Michaels and Undertaker match, Hell in a Cell. And I remember thinking, you know, how these how these guys beat each other up, but there's no there's no marks on them or whatever. So I didn't really know what I was watching. And then I remember my mates and like the, over the course of the next year, my mates in the playground would talk. That's all they would talk about was WF and how good it was, and uh, the games like WF Warzone and all that kind of stuff. But I didn't have Sky, so I didn't have a clue what they're talking about basically. Then. WWF came to Channel 4 in early 2000 through Sunday Night Heat and began watching that. And then by the time of 2000 when Rumble came, I was was buzzing to watch it. Got my dad to tape it, watched it the next day after coming home from school, had a couple of mates around as well. By this time I was in primary 6 and I remember just being in awe of what I was watching. Uh, the violence was one thing that got me right away. And guys like the characters such as The Rock, you know, even Triple H back then, you wanted, even then you wanted to see him get the crap kicked out of him. You know, Taz making his debut, the Hardys, Dudleys, that kind of stuff. I was just hooked right away. I absolutely loved it, the spectacle, the characters, the entertainment, everything. Uh, I remember during that time as well, companies like the British Wrestling Federation were doing like WF tribute shows and my granddad was actually he used to watch wrestling back in the day, back in World of Sport days, so he used to take me along to them. And looking back, the shows were awful, but back then you can wait to get a photo taken with fake Bubbery Dudley and fake Crash Holly. So I was, I remember fond memories of that. So yeah, I guess a mix of family, friends, and the fact that WF was on its, you know, the peak of its most lucrative period in its history were the main reasons why I got into it. Add to the fact that I was a massive gamer back then and still am. And wrestling games back then were just unbelievable, which further piqued my interest. That was one of our own, Nathan Fisher, saying why he loved wrestling. We were talking there while that clip was playing. It's a recurring theme of No Sky and family for getting involved in wrestling. So, yeah, that was an interesting thought. I like how he brought up video games as well. I think that's another pastime because, you know, and Nathan said he's, a, he's an avid gamer, as am I as well, and I still remember, I think the first wrestling game I played was Smackdown Here Comes the Pain, and that was before I started watching it on a regular basis, so, and again, I used to do, play it with my cousin all the time, uh, it was, and that's how I kind of got to know some of the older figures, like uh, Georgie Animal Steel, uh, Roddy Piper, some of, the, some of the more legends of the business, per se. Yeah. And yeah, also some of the sort of peak stars of the Ruthless Aggression era like uh, The Rock, Brock Lesnar, Undertaker, and playing them on a regular, and just like playing as them in the game on a regular basis, got to see like what their styles were, what their entrances were, how would you recognize their theme music, it was all little, the little things like that that really made you sort of get an idea of what to expect when you see it on the telly. I mean, before on that, but before we go on to have our usual mid-show break, uh, Obviously, I talked at the start of the show, I did an article last year on why we all love wrestling. 
And I got a lot of opinions from people. So I'm going to go through some of them. One of those opinions is from the man to my left, mm-hmm. Mr. David Hockney. Oh, I need to remember what I said because I don't know if I can remember exactly what I did David's say. words back then was, on wrestling, it tells a story through the sport like soap operas or daytime TV. I did say that, yeah. I did. That rings a bell. There were some interesting opinions on this actual this article. One of them was from a Mr. Neil Docking, who is the wrestling writer for the Daily Mirror. Mm. What he said was, I've loved wrestling since I was a boy, when I was first taken by the athleticism, the drama, the spectacle, and the larger-than-life characters of the then WWF. In many ways, watching and writing about it is now, now is a connection to my childhood. It's a great form of escapism and a chance to switch off to my day job. Not bad. Uh, I also got one from one man who, at the time, I know is the only man who had tickets for both Raw and SmackDown Live in Glasgow. Uh, Mr. Ross McLeod, if he's listening, he's a friend, he said, I truly don't know why I love wrestling. It's just something I've always found myself loving. <laughs> I got a great response as well from Grado. Grado's responded. Oh. Yep. That's a big name to drop there. <laughs> <laughs> Careful. It was, uh, his reply took all of seven letters. The Rock. <laughs> so yeah, that was, an, that, was, that was a good one. Uh, a really good one here from Connor Keegan, who was at the time co-general manager of the Glasgow University Pro Wrestling Society, said, It's simply a contemporary art form. Mozart's marriage of Figaro was branded vulgar in the late 18th century. Now it's considered revolutionary, even in it if wrestling is no different. Something which can generate such electric emotions, love, hate, anger and fear suggests that wrestling is more than just big men doing fake fighting. Yeah, absolutely, Mozart, yeah. <laughs> Mozart, well, what a comparison. <laughs> There's another one here say, from a, on Twitter, the podcast, another podcast host of Coop's Corner, so Coop the Comedian. Uh, my love for wrestling was rekindled by Lucha Underground. Lucha Underground, that doesn't get enough mention on this show, does it? There's doesn't get enough mention th- anywhere, actually. <laughs> so that's some of the ones we got from response. Uh, Quacku! Do you want to chip in before we quickly go on to a break? Why do you? Why did you? What got you into wrestling? I don't have a mic. You have a mic. Um, I don't know when I. It doesn't matter why you're into wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Joshua Hall in the SmackDown on the EP. <laughs> if I'll just turn them off, I'll turn you all off. How about that one? And um, so, <laughs> um, I, I I bought cable quite early into the house because they laid down. <laughs> Cable came, they laid down the cable in 96 and uh, so we got the cable straight down and what I, what I loved about it, and this sounds weird, was I loved all the entrances, I just loved seeing all their weird entrances, all the fireworks, the pyro, so you can imagine my annoyance that I don't see any fireworks these days, especially when Kane enters and he does a fire. That's an abomination in my opinion, but anyway, I digress. <laughs> um, we In our living room as well, we used to have a massive beanbag massive that, living room. that would possibly... Oh, no, it's not. What wing of the house was that in? <laughs> and we covered the, pretty much the living room. The football pitch that we had in the living room. <laughs> was it next to the swimming pool? Yeah, yeah. Your house is bigger than mine, you shut it. <laughs> just next to his big Scrooge McDuck vault. <laughs> um, me and my brother, we used to always do wrestling into that beanbag. So, but see the chair, there was a big chair that was beside it. 
and we would always I would always do dives onto my brother from there. So we really needed a Drew Gulak at that point to kinda of say no fly zone. <laughs> I've done I did leg drops, I did swantons and stuff like that. Nothing too elaborate like Phoenix Splash or anything like that, nothing like that. But there was one thing that we did do that was very naughty. And my brother and I we broke my mum and dad's bed. Oh. Yeah. They still they still to this day do not know exactly what happened. We just played the we don't know cards. Did they blame it on each other? Was it you? Was it you? They just came back from shopping and then like obviously the it was a metal frame bed and it was completely V'd out. My brother last ride me through the bed and I bounced back up so much it was quite scary but at the same time it was quite funny and the bed metal frame was proper caved in and they had to order a new bed they had no idea they, they knew we'd done something but they didn't know what if you've there not broken you. furniture you're not a true wrestling fan yeah. I think yeah. that's there, there a measure should, I, think, I, think we've, I think that's we've summed that up quite well that's interesting what we've had two beds broken in this show oh, there should be a hotline for what to do when you're a child and you've done that you've got lines for everything else that you need to phone there should be a line for that feeling of fear when you've broken something important by wrestling where's 1-800-FELLA when you need it so yeah that has been why what got us into wrestling we're going to take a quick break but stay tuned with us where we're going to tell you why we still love wrestling what's hooked us in all these times we've had all this disaster but we've talked there about great moments which have drew us into wrestling so I think it was appropriate at this point in time to pretty much give you an idea of the great moments that have produced great pops. Here is 10 of the greatest pops ever in WWE. We'll be back in five.
This is key for Roman Reigns. Keep the numbers down. Keep the advantage in your corner. Just effort by Del Rio, but wait a minute! Wait a minute! Uh, yes! It's finally! Finally! Watch out! Look at this! Look at this! Six dead! Six dead! Cover! Cover! New we got the new world champion! A new champion! Fortitude on the part of both participants. Sunset Swim! Ladies and gentlemen, you're coming live from Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet on Strathclyde Welcome back all to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. I'm Stephen Wilson. I'm joined today by David Hockney. Hello. Stephen Louch. Hello. Joshua Hong. Yeah. And Stacey Smith, who's temporarily left the room. Yeah. <laughs> Typical Stacey, no sense of timing. And, uh. Oh. And she's back. Oh. <laughs> like I said, no sense of timing. <laughs> and as always, Sorry, I Sorry, guys. <laughs> yes, that was uh, 10 of the greatest WWE pops ever, which, for a lot of us, is some of the reasons that we are wrestling fans today. Uh, so if you're just joining us live, we have been talking about why we love wrestling and what got us into wrestling into the second half. So if you are listening to the show live, we are on all forms of social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Suplex Retweet. Uh, so if you are listening, give us a message. So, as I say, we talked about there why we loved wrestling, what got us into wrestling. Now let's talk about why we still love wrestling. Now, the thing about wrestling, from a lot of us who maybe watched it more in the 90s, wrestling's kind of chained to more of this PG era, especially for guys like myself, like Josh, who were into the actual era. So, it's a lot of change, there's a lot of discontent, but there's also stuff to love, so there is a lot of reasons why we love wrestling, and that's what we're going to discuss in this second half of the show. So, anybody listening, if you've got, want to tell us why you love wrestling currently, give us a message at, use the hashtag, ESSR Love Wrestling. Right, I'm going to... Start up a wee bit in the second half and not start with David. Yes, I'm going to start with Mr. Hong over there. <laughs> hello. Hello, hello, hello. Josh, tell tell the panel and tell and tell the listeners, what is it about wrestling currently that you still love? Because I'm, I'm, you have a good you have a good story. 
I know, I know. That's way too much pressure. <laughs> I had nothing prepared. Uh, well, so it's difficult to say now because, like, you know, I've watched wrestling for probably the amount the amount of wrestling I've watched probably spans till the early nineties, if you include everything that I've watched back. Um, but I, I took a break from watching wrestling for a few years because after a while, um, you know, I think two thousand six, two thousand seven, I just got really, really bored. Uh, but that was when I only had access to WWE, and I think it was you know two thousand and nine, no, it was two thousand and ten, where I kind of realised I missed this structure so much. Just having something amazing to watch every single uh, Monday or Friday night. I would save it for the weekend, so Friday, Saturday was really when I'd watch wrestling. Um, I think just everything revolves around wrestling for me. So like you know, I'm a big, I'm a massive fan of metal, rock and roll, and you know, sometimes like hip hop and stuff like that. And like wrestling and music's always had a major association with each other. Um, maybe less so in mainstream, you know, these days, but you know, earlier this year, me and uh, some of the Eat Sleep Suplex or Tweet team were at WrestleMania. So um, Flo Rida was there, just things like that just make it so exciting. Um, there's a real community uh, around watching wrestling. So I've got um, different groups of friends for each different promotion that I'm into and that's really exciting as well you meet people through it um, I think as well because obviously we're lucky to have ICW and Saint Championship Wrestling pretty much in our back garden because we're from Glasgow um, does a sense of being a fan actually affects wrestling somehow um, especially if you were here when ICW was a little bit smaller um, Something you know, people will talk about how NXT is like a you know it's a revolution and things like that. But uh, I don't really know if I buy that because at the end of the day, I don't think WWE is as um, driven by fan uh, demand as they claim. Um, whereas in ICW, I feel like um, there's a lot of stars that would be getting opportunities otherwise if it wasn't for these massive communities coming out to support to buy tons of merchandise to tell all of their friends it feels like you're part of something special and you're actually part of a real revolution when you're a fan of a company like ICW there's so many reasons so many different promotions I haven't even touched on New Japan Pro Wrestling easily my favourite promotion of the year um, but you know maybe some of the things of, the, just of, the, of the year of the year, I was going to say in general. <laughs> not, 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 uh, not ever. I don't think I, I would pick a favorite. Josh or <laughs> <laughs> oh, I could talk about wrestling all day, but maybe some of the stuff that uh, I've said will open the discussion for other panel members to contribute. Yes, I've just got a coffee. Um, I just got a coffee delivery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, um, you brushed up on a lot of things. You said like ICW is where it is because of fan involvement. And you know what? I agree. I think whenever I... Because uh, I've been to a couple of ICW events myself, like a couple of house shows. I've been to Shugs. Uh, been to the QMU Fight Club taping. And the amount of fan interaction is so much greater than you'd get at any sort of WWE thing. But I think that sort of comes down to the sheer proportion of like fans in attendance and those watching at home or, the, or, or on demand. Like, cause in an ICW show, the general attendance is gener is generally much much smaller compared to say WWE, which could sell out um, ten thousand plus seats a night um, in these big arenas. So I think obviously fan interaction for WWE is going to be a lot harder because they've got a lot more people to try and appeal to. But I think with ICW it's a bit easier because they've got a much smaller fan base and because it's only like 
mostly sort of UK, would that be fair to say? But obviously you got obviously, you know, some fans uh, overseas. I think obviously because they're primarily their main audience is the UK audience. And I think that helps them with fan interaction a lot more. Yeah, I think with ICW it's quite like, it's, being at a show is a mixture of being at a rock gig in terms of the music and the, the noise and everything going on. But it's also like being like at a lower league football game where you're close enough that you know the players can hear what you're saying. Like I grew up, I stayed near Alloa, so one memory that always sticks out to me is we were playing Dundee United in the Cup who were a big team at the time. Um, and Alloa were like second division and we spent the whole game giving abuse to the Dundee United goalkeeper and Alloa were winning and then eventually they equalised and they turned around and they crotch chopped us. So that's where I bring wrestling back into <laughs> Like DX style? Uh, because it was just like, yeah. Um, and we were like, Polis, Polis, like shouting at the police and we gave him abuse the whole day. But when you're at ICW and you shout something to a Stevie Boy or a Wolf Gang or something like that, and they'll turn around, they'll bite back at you like, oh, I'm actually a part of this. <laughs> they can hear me and they might actually do something about it. It's some of the witness that shows that if someone goes a bit too far, sometimes you will get yeah. landed on yeah. or a punch thrown your way if you get too close to the lights of a whiplash. Yeah, you need to, wa- <laughs> yeah, you need to watch for that. I mean, I expected uh, when the subject came out, ICW was going to be a big part of the second half of the show. However, uh, David, you are notably a Mr. A- not Mr. Anti-Independent, Mr. Lack of... Well, we've known that from the show so I far. I think you're secretly a WWE employee. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not an employee of WWE. I am employed with a very good bank in the middle of town. So that's... <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Um, trying to get the attention away from himself and no. his money. Yeah, he, he, he looks after the Kwaku family fortune. I'm not so saying a very, <laughs> com- a very, very comfortable life. Right, the square root of zero. <laughs> if the taxman's asking, it's zero, are you? <laughs> anyway, what were you saying? Yeah, so um, you potentially may have a bit of a different opinion from a lot of us because you mm. are DWW Mark. Uh, of suplex retweet. I am a bit of a WWE mark, I will admit that. Maybe. But that's not to say that I don't think WWE is without flaw, because I think there's a ton of flaws I can Well, if you, listen to, if you listen to the show Evolution of 3MB, we will know what flaw you think there is. No, 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 no. <laughs> okay, I'll admit it's one flaw from what you're referring to. But yeah, we're, not, we're, not, we're not talking about flaws. Why We're talking about why we're still into wrestling. All right. Please, I'm, tell I'm, us, still into, I'm still into wrestling, primarily WWE, because I just think it finds... a. A pretty, most of the time it finds a pretty good balance between telling a good story, uh, it has a good mix of characters, some blend pretty well, some don't really, and more often than not you get pretty decent matches which are sort of in tie, in sort of in, in, in tangent with the story that's being told. Like, I, I think that happened quite well, particularly around sort of Ruthless Aggression, they had really good storylines to work with. Uh, captivating characters that you could either really like or really hate and I feel like you know it was like it to use the same quote I used for your insider article it feels like um, like one of your typical soap operas you know you know people can be fans of, uh, of Corey of EastEnders of Emmerdale I mean those are all just soap operas as well you know there's they're telling stories through fictional characters and you know people can call it guilty pleasures or however they want to call it, they call it, maybe just call it like a way to unwind, relax, put yourself in your own little world. That, for WWE, for me, is like my own little little world. You know, I could just break away from reality and just um, enjoy this, try and enjoy the story that's being told. See, that does explain uh, your um, 
wide knowledge of, um, wide appreciation of KFAB. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Which uh, anybody who knows David knows he is Mr. KFAB. I am Mr. KFAB, Mr. That K was Dave. so diplomatically put. Wide appreciation of KFAB. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I can buy into a story if it's told properly. That's and if they and if I buy into it, that means I'm enjoying it. Well, that's, that's the thing. I think the best stories make you feel like that. Yeah. Um, like as I've been mocked in here from a fandom of DCT. The story with Bram was something I could really believe in, so I was mm-hmm. watching that match with mm. a clenched fist, willing like, on the guy that I would be because the match had a meaning. It's something I've just scribbled down. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. one of the things that made me step away a bit from WWE is that match outcomes stop mattering as much, and it's that win loss thing doesn't seem to matter or stipulations don't get followed up on. So it's interesting to hear you saying that you still feel that you get that value from it, and I'm, that's something that made me step away. Yeah. But it's interesting because it's something I. To me, I, I don't get, but if you still see that, and then there is that still that market that is appealing to, and it's still mm. working for somebody. It's just that for me personally, I've stepped away from it because it didn't work for me. So it's good to hear that it's still again real we, to you, damn it. We all uh, we all have you know different ways of enjoying it and stuff. I mean, if I feel like I can enjoy it if there's a captivating story behind it and supported with good match quality. Like one example I can give that's quite recent was the story of Daniel Bryan versus the Authority. Yeah. yeah. Where, you know, you get a really talented guy, you know, he doesn't quite fit the company's image. He gets held back time and time again, but yet he constantly proves to everybody, the audience, that he deserves um, all the the glory and praise of being the best in the world, the world's world champion. And they told the story from, like, SummerSlam all the way to WrestleMania 30. And it, I don't think they ever hit a wrong note throughout that whole time frame. Because, you know, they were teasing it, you know, they were going to go down Ro- a different Royal way. Rumble, maybe? Royal yeah. Rumble, maybe. That was the swerve point. And that's... But that, but that it, was... That's what made it interesting. It's that they actually injected a dose of reality in there. The fact that they wanted Batista to face Orton instead. Uh, for for whatever reason. Instead, but the fans were screaming for, for Brian to go yeah, in. Yeah, it forced their hand and it did make it that... That feeling is what we all just mm. mentioned earlier on about the ICW, the feel that you're in, the influence and you're part of it. It's one of those that really brought in the fans to go, it, actually, we've made a difference here, how we reacted. Yeah. But then, that's another show, that's probably another story for another time. It's, Has that then led to the fans believing that they've got more power than they do mm. with some of the reactions we've seen to some of the guys since? It's but one of those rare instances where I think uh, fan interaction from WWE's part has actually influenced uh, where the company goes. Yeah. And that's why I think I. That's what makes me appreciate ICW a lot more because you know it happens more often for them because they're obviously a smaller, a smaller company with a smaller uh, audience and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think the fact that if you can get literally millions of people like across the world cheering for this one guy to beat the system, beat the authority, it yeah. just magnifies it tenfold. David, can I ask quickly um, why you're? Um more magnified to WWE in terms of your own world as opposed to most of us which just magnified on professional wrestling in general I, I guess I just like the, the whole grand appeal of it you know they have the the, the titantrons the graphics the pyrotechnics you know it, it looks do, real, do a lot of they promotions well we don't have the pyrotechnics do a lot of promotions not have all of those things though. yeah well yeah in a sense yeah but I think maybe it's because WWFW is kind of where I started watching yeah. it so I think it's kind of I'm sort of main sticking to my roots as it were that's totally fair I mean I'm I, I'm trying to branch out you know but I've come to quite a few ICW shows I watch um, 
I've seen a couple of New Japan with respect, matches. With respect, David, you only go to ICW events when WWE. Yeah. Are there. <laughs> Not necessarily. Hang on. <laughs> well, no, I mean, see, see for me. When, I, I when, can, when I was can, your last ICW event? Uh, Shugs. And what was the main event? It was. Uh, well, the first uh, night it was No, No, I'm Dar and Sha Samuels against. Uh, uh, I w- no, no. Yep. It was. Yeah, no, it was, the was. Of, no, the main event was oh. the UK Championship. No, that, was, no, that, wasn't, that, main wasn't, that wasn't the main event. That was the main event. No, it wasn't. The last match of the night was the... It, it was, was the tag match. match. Oh, hold on, hold on. We can, we can, we can do that kind of thing in our team. But, I mean, I totally appreciate what you're saying because for me, brand loyalty is, you know, probably what keeps me in WWE. It's the first thing that I remember. So, so it's mm-hmm. therefore got a very, um, you know, big space in my heart. However, um, your example with Daniel Bryan there, I agree, it was a great story, although I wouldn't say that it was a story so much because they, you know, a lot of that was probably planned completely at the last moment. It's not as if they had, you know, a, a huge script that they executed over the course of a few months. You know, fans changed mm-hmm. the script at every stage of the way. But um, what I would say is that that was over four years ago, that event, the WrestleMania, where that, you know, culminated with Daniel Bryan winning the belt. Um, you'd expect a company with as much programming as WWE, uh, you know, televised and non-televised through the network, uh, to have produced something similar to that within the last four years, because that's actually the last great thing that I can remember. And f- you can do a lot in four years. You could have done an extra degree or something like maybe, that. Maybe I don't know. Maybe they need that kind of time frame, really, just to sort of uh, act as like a transitional period between one big storyline from another. Because remember, on that, going by that logic. The last big thing that sort of added a, a big dose of reality to it was the summer of punk, and that was 2011, which was a three-year gap between that and Brian's incident. Right, but I mean, it doesn't necessarily need to be about some sort of dose of reality or, or fans influencing the show. My point is that I feel like within the last four years, there actually hasn't been that many storylines that have been that captivating for me, mm. and that's why I think that you'll get a different. You know, it's exciting to watch products elsewhere. Mm. When you're sort of setting the Brian one as sort of the, the benchmark for really great storylines, you're not going to find a lot of other examples that can really do better than it. So I think you have to accept the fact that once in, once in a few years, you'll probably get one big captivating story that you think, yeah, you'll remember that for the rest of your days. But I think as long as you can get a storyline which, which can pique your interest, you know, you think, okay, let's see where this goes. And I think if it pays off with a really good match or maybe a, a plot twist at the end, I would still be satisfied with it. Yeah, so I'm just going to say on it, what David said, right, um, I, think, I think across the panel of us, we've got different views of what we find is interesting in wrestling, mm. and I think that's one of the greatest strengths that wrestling's got at the moment, is we can have all these different interesting things that we like. Like, one of the ba- favourite shows I go to is like a tiny wee sports hall, where it's like trainee wrestling, and I get much more enjoy. I've been to, I think, about 63, 64 shows so far this year, and I've, I didn't even watch Mania on the network. It's the first Mania I've not watched since WrestleMania 8 when I watched it live. There's just so much variety at the moment. We can all do that. And at the end of the day, for all, a lot of us have got a lot of criticisms about WWE. They're still the most profitable company. The ones with the biggest crowds. They're all over the world. They're touring everywhere. They're the, they're the, in terms of a product, they're the product that the most people like. And again, we've all got different views as to what we find entertaining. But we've now, we've now got that access that we can watch any company across the world mm-hmm. with a matter of yeah. going online and getting yeah. that seeing a clip on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So we don't, like, again, I don't watch any WWE anymore. I'll still check results out of habit, but we've still got that, we've now got the variety. We don't have to, quote unquote, suffer 
something we don't enjoy because we've got all these yeah. other options that we can go mm. and find. Don't, yeah. and so it's like the best time yeah. to be don't, a wrestling fan. Guys, I'll move away quickly from that debate because we've got uh, a lot to get through. But obviously, that was that's an interesting, some interesting points thrown out there. I mean, obviously, there is so much variety going along. It's hard to kind of pinpoint one thing. So um, we'll move away from the Maharaja, and we'll go. We'll probably get some mentions of mustaches here. Uh, we're going to go back to Stacy. <laughs> Stacy, do you have any clue what the reference was about there? <laughs> I think so. Right, that's good. Uh, but I'll that's good. We're on the same wavelength here. That's always that's always a good start. Yeah. <laughs> Stacey, why why do you still love wrestling? Obviously, your wrestling fandom is shorter than the rest of us, so it's probably going to be quite similar to maybe what you had in the first half of the show. But yeah, um, I think why I why I still keep why I still watch wrestling is um, obviously I started watching with ICW, and it was just great to see to see it growing so if you kept going and then you just saw them going from like from one venue to a bigger venue to a bigger venue just on and on and on as the as it got more popular um and then well recently as well just to see like obviously a lot of the wrestlers are getting like worldwide kind of recognition as well with the number of ICW wrestlers that are in WWE now as well. Um, and yeah, I just enjoy it. <laughs> just enjoy it. It's as short and simple <laughs> as you can get, but yeah, it's got that thing. Obviously, because your fandom, Stacey, compared to the rest, has started at the lower level, you're, mm-hmm. you're enjoying kind of seeing that rise of ICW. I mean, we're all, we all are witnessing this rise and we are all enjoying it as ICW fans, but you can kind of feel it a bit more because the rest of them have kind of had that benchmark of WWE. Yeah. And we've kind of knew what that kind of been like, but do you, for you to see that kind of homegrown talent kind of grow as a yeah. fan, as that being your main fan, it's it's, a, it's an interesting point. So it just shows, as Stephen said, a wee bit the, the diversity of wrestling and you've got so much different things going along. Yeah. Something that's quite interesting though is that Stacey's talking about the ICW guys that have gone to WWE. Yeah. And, um, mm. You know, before that, we were talking about the variety of options fans have these days. As Stephen said, we no longer have to watch WWE. If you don't like it, you can watch something else. Um, with that same trend, something that's been quite interesting is that there has been a lot more cross-promotional um, events yeah. in the last few years. So, uh, obviously, this is maybe just a one-off, but with Triple H showing up in ICW, mm. yeah. um, that's a pretty big deal with um, a lot of uh, stars from WWE. Well, I say a lot, but I mean, ones I can remember off the top of my head, Noam Dar. And uh, you know, uh, Cassius Ono, um, Trent Seven, Tyler Bate, guys that are uh, with WWE being allowed to show up on independent shows, that's quite exciting as well. You've got all the collaboration between Ring of Honor and New Japan Pro yeah, Wrestling, that's CMLL. Like, yeah, those type of ones. The big yeah. one being the next one coming up as well. You've got Chris Jericho versus Kenny Omega, Wrestle Kingdom 12. Yeah. So, so in, in terms of uh, well, <laughs> good shout for picking the WWE match. <laughs> uh, in terms of like why we watch wrestling now, that, that, that's probably something that's interesting because those kinds of situations weren't in play a few years ago. Yeah, but I think so, so. Just on the variety, of what you're saying there, um, like Stacey, you were at BCW at the weekend, yeah. where we've seen the guys from a lot of them are at ICW, and we've seen them in a completely different way of wrestling. So they've got different styles that they, um, so they've got some guys who are maybe like hated heels in ICW or beloved baby faces at families, like more family friendly shows. And we've seen there they had pyro, so that's why Quacko was yeah. so happy. <laughs> um, although probably all the smoke that came from it didn't help with his Jackie Polo chanting. Um, Can I say it was great hearing the Scott Walker and Jackie song? The Jackie, again, aye. Well. Um, when that, especially since they were unannounced, 
but that's the thing we've got mm-hmm. so, we've got so much variety even on our doorstep we don't yeah. just have the over 18 scene we've got all these different companies that do different things you see different sides of people you see guys putting variations of their character um, so you, there is just everything out there no to- totally absolutely there is such a variety it's very refreshing to see now moving on now maybe time to get the hankies out guys we've promised tales and we might get it now <laughs> we'll now go over to Stephen Stephen if you, if, you, if you tell people there's going to be tears then there very rarely will be <laughs> um, now like for, for wrestling for me um, as I mentioned earlier on I fell away from WWE because I just found that nothing mattered anymore or there didn't seem to be consequences of results and things that happened you'd see somebody get beat they would brush it off whereas I was used to a defeat was a devastating thing like you wouldn't see Stone Cold beat or The Undertaker whenever they got defeated it was a big deal and it mattered and it got talked about but I think we've entered more of an era of quite a 50-50 and it, it didn't feel like there was a consequence and that's what I feel you've got to have in a form of entertainment if a bad guy wins you want to see the good guy get retribution but when the good guy starts to laugh it off then it loses a bit so my, yeah. my journey back into wrestling came uh, 2012 um, I was in Edinburgh during the Fringe and I seen uh, Colt Cabana tweeting that he was up in the Royal Mile so I went up and Asked this guy, chubby looking guy in a leotard with his hat on back to front, do you take a picture of me and Colt Cabana? No problem, give him my phone. <laughs> Gives me it back. He took a selfie. And I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. Um, I think I held that. <laughs> Slightly. Um, then next minute, a guy with a camera goes, could you do that again? We missed it. And I'm like, all right. And then at the end, they're like, oh, we're from the BBC. Um, could you just speak into the camera and give your consent? So they were filming for the Fight Club at the time. Yeah. And it was Grado that said to me, oh, you should check out ICW. And at that time, I'm thinking tribute shows, like fake canes, that sort of stuff. And I'm like, aye, whatever, mate. Then the next week, he was on Colt Cabana's podcast. I listened to it. He just told this really great, heartfelt story about how he wanted to be here. He was a wee chancer. And I'm like, I could believe in this guy. So they spent ages trying to chase people to get to shows and eventually got to an ICW show two years ago. Um, it was a space boy show, so it wasn't one that was full of stars. It was started with Andy Wilde versus Solar. Um, yeah. So different names on it, and I went to it. Was, it wasn't all the big names. He still had Gradles in the, the sub main event um, mm. against Magnus, of all people, in a tag match. Oh, aye. Um, probably, was, I think it was probably his only ICW appearance. Oh, one of them. Yeah. Mickey James has been. And then the main event. Yeah, Magnus, yeah. Main event. Glorious sound of international sex hero played over the speakers and brought DCT <laughs> out to face Stevie Boy. I'm like, I like that guy, he was kind of the wrestling I liked, it was a bit, didn't take it too serious, but it was a realistic style and played to the crowd and the whole crowd was reacting and chanting back and I'm like, this is something you want to be part of, you feel really part of this here. So I started going to more shows and then July last year, I'd went to, I wasn't in a great place, I'd went to the Paul Heyman show at the ABC and left it and the next morning woke up feeling I just wasn't, couldn't find a way to be happy. And I'd kind of reached my point of, I need to do something about this. I went to the doctor on the Monday and got signed off for six weeks. Uh, what well, what turned into six weeks and found that I had problems with anxiety and feeling low and how to deal with them. So going to wrestling shows became a big part of that for me, is to find ways to get out and give me something to look forward to in a week. So if you're feeling down, you're like, oh, I'm alright, I've got ICW on Sunday, or I've got somewhere else to go at the weekend, and then you've got something to look forward to. And then the more shows I went to, the more I think we've all found is I've ended up here through Quacku messaging me at short notice a couple of weeks ago saying, mate, can you come in and talk wrestling? And then 
it's a new Stacey before, but I didn't know the rest of the guys in the panel and the group chat that we're now involved in. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. as you stand about, it shows you turn, like sometimes you shout something, you start talking away. I think we've all probably massively increased our social circle through going to wrestling or talking wrestling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what it's really became to me, is it's a good way for me to stay mentally strong, is to have these targets to look forward to. So that's what I've done a lot. So that last year went to quite a lot. So I got to new things and trying new shows. So that's how I've got into the smaller market, going to things like Source. Um, so I've seen the WWE UK champion in a church hall in Govan. <laughs> I, I imagine you told somebody that a year ago or 18 months ago. Is that just how bizarre wrestling's got now? That you could see these guys in these type of places. I go down to Carlisle once a month. The guys down there are kind of taking me under their wing. Um, so always look out for like, the token Scottish guy that comes down to see because that's Polo's country we'll get you guys down there and show <laughs> you the, the true what <laughs> proper Polo's life is like but then the guys down there that is, I really like that because it's a very much a as a throwback it's very much a faces and heels company you don't get people trying to be too smart or too clever and oh let's cheer the bad guy you boo the bad guy because that's what bad guys should get and that's how you, like, you show your worth to them and that's what became me and then I've got like my little family show People, so anybody follows me on social media has seen pictures of me with little blonde, blonde kid Jared uh, some pit friends with Paul and Michelle and so he's always looking out for me when I'm going to shows and then there's a, my social group so when I ran the, the Glasgow Half Marathon a couple of months ago I'd done it two weeks notice and raised like nearly 2,200 quid through all just fine, my wrestling fine, pals fine and that was it was mostly all wrestling people so within the first day I'd raised 250 quid and I'm like mate I wasn't doing this to take this seriously and then the more it built up and got towards it and the words of encouragement so on the day we've got like a running joke if someone says like oh I'm hungry or I'm tired we'll go oh hi tired I'm Stephen it's like the stupidest joke this became like a big thing between our wrestling friends yeah, good, yeah. like that. so anything like that so it, because the really thing about it that, that is actually a joke that I make yeah. a lot as well. Well, we've got a copyright, but I wrote that in my uh, hand in the uh, day. No. Well, like one fall. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. That's, that's contentious. <laughs> but then I wrote that in my hand in the day, and that helped me get around because it was absolutely pouring down that day, and it was terrible. I wrote that in my hand because it was something to look at and think, I've got my pals behind me. And that's what wrestling really became to me. So I've got a lot of things written down here about different events and stuff like that. But that's what wrestling's about me, is about the people that I'm around. And it's good to have that to look forward to. And I think it's something that's quite widespread for any of us that follow a lot of people on Twitter. A lot of people that get into wrestling have maybe not always been the most social or the most outgoing. But wrestling's always been something we could turn to. And it's something we go to in a tough time. And like Josh was saying earlier on, that it is something that's there and it's an escape. But it's yeah. also something to be for all. That's why I didn't enjoy WWE, so I stopped watching because I didn't like being negative about wrestling. It's something that I've loved for that long. There'll probably that's why I still read the results because there'll probably be some point in the future I'll go back to it because mm-hmm. it's been a constant. I've still looked at it. It's like checking an X on Instagram. We'll do it, <laughs> <laughs> but it's there, and that's wrestling for me is just such a massive positive. It brings people together. It gives us all something to be happy about. Alright, it's not the coolest hobby to have in the world. Alright, people can slag it and have a go at it, but it's bloody ours. And I think we all do things like this. And we're all together on a Wednesday night. What else would we be doing if we weren't in here chatting about something that we love? We're here because we love it. We go to shows because we love it. We love the guys. And that's just, I think it's just something to be really applauded and how it. The, the positive thing that it does for people. No, totally. I mean, as you say, they're coming on the Wednesday night. There is about. There's a big team here at Suplex Retreat. We've probably got about. 
14 odd people involved in some sort of way so it does have that family feel and it, it is something that's actually been outlined I'm going to play the wee clip here that one of our one of our own as well Nathan Fisher who had early on mentions and his reasons why he loves wrestling as an adult aside from the entertainment factor I guess there's two main reasons as to why I keep watching wrestling today one reason is that it's, it is complete escapism and the other reason is the togetherness that it brings uh, by the second reason, a good example of that is when Grado won the title at Fear and Loden, the SCCC, the ICW world title from Drew Galloway. I went to that event with my friend Connor and his one of his pals. Aside from those two people, I did not know anyone there, no one there at all. But you would not think that when Grado won the title. You're, you're talking 4,000 people jumping up and down for joy, hugging the person next to them, didn't matter who they were. And aside from football, I don't think I've been in a... I don't think I've experienced anything like that at an event. And still, just think about it, it still gives me goosebumps, to be honest. It was probably my favourite wrestling moment of all time. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that feeling of togetherness. It was as if, like, your team in football just scored the winning goal. You know, that's it does equal if not better than that, to be honest. So yeah, that's probably the main reason as to why I still watch it today. And the fact that, you know, here in Scotland there's, you know, a flourishing, you know, wrestling scene by, like led by guys like ICW. And, you know, going to their shows is obviously further like a lot of interest to develop and keep going. So that's probably the main reasons why I still enjoy it today. Yeah, so that was one of our own, Nathan Fisher, they're telling him why he currently loves wrestling. It's a hard act to follow from Stephen's reasonings well, there. I'm, I'm the sorry for everybody's night that I've ruined. Hype bomb Prince. No, you, you think you've just made everybody's night. It's good you share all that. And yes, Craig, I will mention I'm since you're listening live. And I could mention a lot more. Actually, I'll try and tag you because you hate that as well. <laughs> didn't, didn't he, like, block you on Twitter? Yeah, if, it, it, if you tag Craig still in the coming out stage of wrestling fandom, so <laughs> if you tag him on Facebook at any wrestling event, you won't tag yourself because his lorry driver friend slag him off. <laughs> so what I'm going to do? When Sorry, Craig. <laughs> we're going into the last ten. We're in the last ten minutes of the show, so I'm quickly going to go through some of the other ones that we've got from people who have contributed. The first one is again, it's Jay Gallagher. His reasoning is it's replaced football for me, even though he tweets about football all the time. But I'm not going <laughs> to go specifically. Uh, Rangers. Uh, Shame on you, Jay. So it's it's less expensive to take my kids to meet guys that work for WWE and they get pictures, etc. Took with them, so it's a good memory for the kids. As you say, uh, the kid- the, appeals to the kids. That's that's it brings. I think I remember John Morrison as well. John Hennigan uh, said it quite nicely um, in the the controversial stand up for WWE campaign. Uh, he said, it, "We make kids smile. We bring families together." Absolutely. And I think that's one of its main selling points. We also had back again to Razia who said, I still watch it, though, because the performance aspect alone is fascinating. Facial expressions and body movements can tell a story without any words. Live shows are fun because we all know the storyline isn't real and we all collectively don't care and take in the entertainment. Again, that comes back into a lot of the points that we've made in the second half of the show. That uh, The thing about wrestling with a lot of people is, if you're a wrestling fan and you hear somebody talk about wrestling going, oh, why do you like that? It's fake. And it's like, well, you, well, you like Corey Sharp. Yeah, you like <laughs> Corey. It's fake too. But, uh, as I say, it's something, if you're into wrestling... You kind of you take into it, and it's just it's your own thing. It's kind of like say Jay kind of compared with football. Their football fans are kind of similar in their own mindset, like football's football. So wrestling kind of what's the same, but if it's something you love, 
and you work with it, you know. And there's moments in wrestling that it does take you in and you think, this is the best thing ever, I cannot wait. There's a lot of good recent ones, I mean, we talked about, I mean, I've actually not talked about mine, so uh, I'm kind of taken in myself by this whole aspect of, like, you get drawn into something, like, it's nothing, when you watch a great match and you just feel it build to that crescendo towards the end, I mean, I think one of the best ones I remember recently was the Usos versus the New Day in the Hell in a Cell. Yes. Yeah, that was yes. that was very recent as well. Which was it? It just built and built. I mean, the other one potentially we talked about this last week, and there was a mixed reaction to it. I was a big fan watching it live of Taker versus Triple H Hell in a Cell, Mania Twenty Eight. We did talk about the, the the pros and cons of that one last week, but I was drawn in by the story aspect of it, how it built up, how it was Triple H just going quick, quick give up and then it was just that whole build up and then the whole end into it you know funny enough both those matches hell in a cell matches hey well done david well done for stating the obvious <laughs> yeah i'm just thinking you know i think it's it just seems like maybe hell in a cell oh yeah yeah patronize me patronize me go on i'll take it <laughs> Oh jeez, but yeah, I, I I do love that whole getting drawn into the story. But I'm kind of the same. I kind of like the whole uh, togetherness aspect of wrestling now, especially when he likes the ICW shows. I mean, I was at when, the recent Fear and Loving show. I mean, I was in one section, but are you somebody in one section? Are you somebody in another section? I could actually see Stephen and Jay from my seat. Uh, sometimes a bit too much of Stephen and Jay for maybe make something. <laughs> <like that. laughs> Always when the taps come off. But you kind of, it's that aspect that you kind of, you can, you see people and it's like, oh, I know them, I know them, and everybody's yeah. kind of there, you know. It's, yeah, it's kind of like when we went to Raw Glasgow as well, we were all there, we're just all different spots. Yeah, exactly, I mean. Even a couple of people we knew from our past uni days as well, they were there too. Absolutely. Yeah. I was at home. I mean, Quacko, yeah. quickly before we finish up, what was your, what, what, what is that about wrestling now that kind of draws you in? Um, well, like Josh, I stopped watching wrestling, but... I kind of stopped for a longer time than the year or so, and I think I was watching ICW again that got me into it, so uh, watching ICW got me back into WWE for some reason, um, but it's quite weird because my favourite thing from WWE at the moment is NXT and then SmackDown, and then I would put 205 Live before Raw, which is quite weird, I know, controversial. Mm. But um, yeah, it's more just ICW, and recently I've been going to other promotions. So I also was at BCW just there, and I actually loved that. So and they had Pyro, so I was happy. Raffle Pyro Tuck yeah. merch where you can go and speak to the wrestlers. Yeah. Early finish. <laughs> Early finish in your bed for ten. Yeah, Not having to stay up till one. I could. <laughs> uh, you, you don't have to worry about the last train, but most family shows generally finish about nine half nine. So you can get Aye. lots of travel options. How long do the show last? Like two hours? Two hours? Normally two, two and a half to three hours. He yeah. is, he's becoming one of us. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I, becoming think, a I think we need to do a show where we take him and then we record <laughs> snippets through the night of his reactions to different things. Just see how it feels. Because I think you might be surprised at some, what we call the smaller shows. BCW is not the biggest company in Scotland. But I had no. I've bit, seen bit. I've seen posters for it. Yeah, like see where I live, they've got posters for it everywhere. Was it, would, would, uh, it, would it be like that video that went online and smacked down in Manchester with Kenny McIntosh with AJ Styles winning the title? You know, nobody, nobody else seen that video. No. no. Oh, it's like they got it slow motion. It's just like him going, <laughs> shaking people about. You know, you look. It's on Wrestle Talk. Oh, right. Wrestle Talk YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Oh, is, is that is that you plugging something else there? Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> I went the whole show before it. Well, on that note, that is why us Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet love wrestling. 
back in the day. And now, if you've listened to this show on demand and you want to tell us why you love wrestling, we're still, we'll still listen at the hashtag ESSRLoveWrestling. We are going to be back at the same time next week. That's live, 5pm on a Wednesday or any... 5.30pm, sorry. <laughs> uh, listen at 5 if you want. And I'm the one who's correcting him as well. <laughs> You've made so many mistakes you cannot talk right now. <laughs> <laughs> Next week we'll see me stepping yes. into the presenting chair and it will be about the Divas era of women's wrestling. Yes, that's great. So that's everything before the horsewomen came in. So that's going to be next week, half five, live at fusiontakeover.com or you can listen to us anytime on demand on iTunes, Castbox, Player FM and tune in. So if you've listened live and you enjoy it, Please subscribe to us on any of those networks. We have a 10-episode backlog, which includes us talking about things such as Eddie Guerrero, The Undertaker, and as of Sunday, uh, back to the flashback, sorry, of my interview with Mark Dallas. If you're listening live to Fusion Takeover, up next we've got the old-school classics with Sean Bryson. But from us at Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet, I'm Stephen Wilson. I'm David Hockney. I'm Stacey Smith. Joshua Hong. Stephen Louch. And from our EP, Kwaku Aji, who sadly will not be with us next week. He's away to count all his money, so he'll be gone till about March. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to get new cable fitted in. That's live, half five. To the moon. <laughs> so, half five live. So that's ha- so that's live next week, half five, or on iTunes and various other podcasts. From us at Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet, good night, we'll see you next week. <laughs>